This is the Horse Talk Show Podcast with Louisa Barton. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital Broadcasting live from the horse capital of the world. Ocala, Marion County, Florida. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. And we have a very famous chap in the studio with us this morning, known as Tick Maynard. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks it's for having me. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. I know it's difficult with the baby and the schedule and the horses yeah, and six, everything else. He's six weeks old, so he's doing, he's doing pretty good. It's fabulous. Uh, Tick Maynard. And you may want to know why his name is Tick. It's actually my initials, Thomas, Ian, Kevin. So T-I-K. I love it. I think you yeah. were a Brit with three names like that. Yeah, well, everybody <laughs> in my family somehow has two middle names. I'm not sure why, but... There must be some, there must be some British in there somewhere because we always have two or three names. <laughs> Tick Maynard is an icon in the equestrian world. A top equestrian, a trainer, and an author who combines his passion for riding with the importance of proper training and horsemanship. I want to start off, we're going to get to the horsemanship and his passion for that, but I want to start off with how you got your start in the horses. Well, I, uh, I grew up in Vancouver, in British Columbia, and both my parents rode. There's the British connection. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we have the Queen as well, so there you go. I'll still on all our currency. And uh, my dad, well, both my parents did eventing in the 70s, and then when they had kids, my older brother was born in uh, 1979, then they stopped eventing and my mother got more into dressage and my dad got more into show jumping, but they had a strong background in eventing for sure. And so when we were growing up, we did, Pony Club was sort of like mandatory, like the way that some kids maybe go to church or something, like yes. we go to, it was just the way it is, like it wasn't like good or bad, it was just like all the kids. It was just Pony Club. Yes. It's just, yeah, it's just like you go to Pony Club once a week. And uh, I grew up going through Pony Club, so I did uh, mounted games, principal games. And Love I did to triathlon, and I did you know all the lessons and all the testing. I worked my way up. I got my A. Uh, both you know both my brothers were in pony club as well. Um, and then I rode with my dad. You know every every summer we'd go to Spruce Meadows in Calgary and would do the show jumping circuit there. And uh, then in university, I actually got more involved in modern pentathlon, which is do you know what's in that? No. No, it's running, swimming, shooting. No wonder I don't know. <laughs> so it's not no a very, running for me. <laughs> it's not a very popular sport in North America, especially. But uh, so I did that through university, and then after university, I had to decide what I was going to do, and I, I wanted to give riding a shot. So that's what I did. And you love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And you just you just got hooked. It's easy, right? Yeah, it is. Well, yeah. I mean, I grew up. I grew up my whole life with horses. You know, we had horses in our backyard and everything, but. It took me a long time to realize it's what I wanted to do professionally and also to, to, that I wanted to do it for the rest of my life and kind of find the part of it that was a passion for me, you know? At the beginning, it was just, uh, not just, but it was uh, a sport and a, and a hobby. But, it, you know, when something becomes a passion, it, it, it's like a totally different thing, I think. I, I agree, absolutely. I, I, I can tell you that for me growing up, it was pony club and pony club and pony club yeah. and fox hunting. Yeah. And that was always an adventure and lots of pony club and Jim Carners and all of that. Yeah. And I loved all of it. You know, I, I loved all of it. I lived for it. And, you know, I think, I think that especially all little girls love 
horses and ponies. It's yeah. just one of the things that little girls fall in love with. Well, I hope they still do. I've seen a lot yes. of little girls on their phones nowadays, but I oh, hope I they still. I know. I hope they still love them. I think a pony and a horse can still turn a little girl's head away from even an iPhone. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I think so. But you know, I'll tell you, it's it it's. I think that you either get obsessed with it or you don't. Yeah. I think you always love to see horses and ponies, but you either get like the bug yeah. and you just can't get rid of it because it just, it gets you, you know, and you yeah. just, that's it for life, I think. You know, and I, there's, a, there's a funny thing I see on social media. It says, get your kids involved in horses early because they'll never be able to afford drugs. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I think and you're keep, right. Keeps them off the street, it keeps them from having a boyfriend. <laughs> you're yeah. right. It takes over their life. I didn't have a boyfriend until I was 17, I promise. No, I really didn't. And my, listen, my first kiss was in a paddock with my horse on, on the end of the lead line. He was grazing. I was sitting in the grass and this stable boy, David Anderson, if you're out there, I don't know hey, David. what happened to you, but it was my first kiss and I thought it was gross. And I was like, ooh, I am never doing that again. Yeah. Going back to my horse now. horses now. are the priority. <laughs> That's yeah. the way to go. You, you yes. got both right there and you realized what was important. <laughs> Talk to me about horsemanship. You have a real passion for that, that um, has uh, obviously led you to the to the book, which we'll get to yeah. in a minute. But talk about your passion for horsemanship. Well, I guess the biggest... And why it motivates The you biggest think. thing is that we hear about horsemanship all the time, uh, growing up and in Pony Club and in hunter-jumper barns and dressage barns and in the Western world. And the, the biggest question, I guess, right from the beginning is, what is horsemanship? And I think if you were to ask 10 different people, you'd probably get 10 different answers. That's true. You know, so like to some people, it might mean, you know, the care of your horse. How good are you at bandaging your horse? That, uh, you know, do you know how many teeth your horse has? Do you know their temperature? Do you know how to take their pulse? You know, like all this kind of stuff. Um, for other people, it's maybe on a, another level, like how well can you read horses? Um, That's what it is for me. Yeah. For me, it's an intuition or a feeling. And there are lots of, of trainers who are very good out there who's who and it costs thousands of dollars to buy their program yeah. and and it teaches you all these things that i feel i don't know why but i feel like i was born knowing does that make any yeah. sense yeah, yeah. not because i'm brilliant yeah. and smart and all of that but definitely people that grew up I around horses language. and around yes. animals definitely yeah. have a head start have a different i view. remember we had ducks and chickens growing up and it was my job, I'd have to put them in at night, like before it got dark, because we'd have raccoons and coyotes, you know, in the neighborhood. And if I did it by myself, I could get them all in in less than 10 minutes, maybe five or six minutes. But if I had a friend from school come so help me. So you talk duck. Well, you got, it's just a matter of like, are you too close or too far? How much pressure do you put you on them? Yeah. But if you have a friend from school come help, then all of a sudden there's the feathers ducks flying, are like, the ducks are left yeah. and right, and the chickens are back in the house. And, you know, they're, they're either too close or too far, or they go past the gate or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just about kind of being able to read, you know, yeah. I think all animals have that, like knowing when to push and when to back off. Mm -hmm. You know, same thing with taking a horse cross country for the first time, when to push and when to back off. Yes. And went yeah. to hang on for dear life. I went to hang on, went to grab the next <laughs> Didn't job. Yeah. Exactly. But you're right, you know, and, and actually our trivia question um, from Tick yeah. to win to win a book. One of these. Yeah, right here. Uh, this incredible book. In the middle are the horsemen. I have one. Uh, very nice. And and it'll be um, hopefully we can get it can we get an autographed? Uh, yeah, we can do oh, that. Good. We can make that. I don't good. know how we're going to make that happen. Well, we'll but figure we will it out. make that happen, good. yeah. Because he's famous and That's we want right. an autograph one if we can yeah. have it. But if you want to win it, You've got to send us in what you think horsemanship is or what horsemanship means to you. And you can text that in to 
0.08 and we'll have a look at them and that's decide. Gonna be, that's going to be fun to read those answers, know. you know, because talk, when I went through this book and I, I wrote this book, I talked to a lot of people about what horsemanship meant to them. And since then, also, I've had people that have read the book and they've written me, you know, a, a Facebook message or an email or, or they've seen me in a horse show and they've said, you know, it really got me thinking. And like, I, I really have tried to think more deeply about what horsemanship means to me and, and try to take a little bit more responsibility. You know, the, the first time that that I really had made somebody really made me take a step back and think about what horsemanship was. It was when I was here in Ocala and I was working for David and Karen O'Connor. And uh, two or three incidents happened in the same day where I was just not quite 100% paying attention. You know, I was, mm -hmm. I was maybe not totally paying attention to the lesson. And, and one example is we were on the hill. There's a, you know, there's a hill in the back of the O'Connor's place. And Karen O'Connor was teaching a lesson. And I sat down on the grass and they had a big show coming up and they were doing sort of these prelim level jumps and the horse came around the corner and saw me sitting down and just spooked or shied you know three or four strides to the right and they missed the jump and karen you know she was like tick what are you what are you doing like you weren't sitting down before we're in the middle of a jump lesson why are you sitting down there like you got to be able to kind of think ahead yeah. and predict like that horse is going to all of a sudden see a shape on the ground that wasn't there before. that wasn't there before like and there's so many little things like that that happen on a day-to-day -day basis. Don't you think you've got to think like a horse? I've always had yeah. the mindset of thinking like a horse. Like when I go trail riding on my horse and I, I kind of think, you know what, I've had my, my horse for 24 years since I was in diapers. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even pull a That's face. That's true. It's true. I mean, I thought you were, I thought you were 22, so I put you all like, there wow. than what I thought. <laughs> But really, I, I think because, well, one, because I've had him for so long, obviously, I yeah. think like him, right? Yeah. We think at the same time. But even if I didn't, even if I'm on a horse that I haven't ridden before, I kind of, when I'm riding, I, I feel like I'm thinking like the horse. And I think to me, horsemanship is like that feeling, that intuition or that um, the way that you are with the horse, yeah. like as opposed to not being comfortable, but allowing the horse to be close enough to your body space that he's comfortable but not so close that it's dangerous and knowing what that line is you know and how you know and being comfortable yeah, around and some, a horse, some of that being, some of that people pick up from being around horses right. but some of it you can actually just go out and you can teach people like you right. can explain like mm -hmm. tighten the girth slowly right you can explain that um when you're catching a horse if you go up to their head it's more polite if you let the horse touch you right. before you touch them right. if you're going to the withers it's you know give them a little scratch right. when you bring them in from the field don't be in such a hurry to just put the halter on and grab them in put the halter on take 30 seconds to give them a little scratch exactly. and they're going to be easier to catch the next time right you know all these little things you can you know, and that's why the horsemanship programs in the last 20 or 30 years have really taken off is because they've tried to take stuff that people have done intuitively and they've tried to sort of break it down into, into one, two, steps. three, four, A, yes. B, C, D. Like this is something that you can actually learn even if you didn't grow up around you know, horses. And you know, when I start working with um, a couple of little girls, my friend Carrie's daughters, I'm starting them a little bit. Yeah. and. I start like right from the monotonous beginning of like, okay, let's first of all, let me show you what could happen. Yeah. And let me show you how this has happened and yeah. not don't do this yeah. and do this before you do this. Yeah. And they're great because they're like going through the steps. Yeah. But you know, I think a lot of times people come for a riding lesson and they tack them up and they stick them on the horse and they don't ever learn like 
you know, this is how you tie a horse up. There's you don't do this. When you're going to do this, before you put the bit in, you know, do this. And when you put the bit in, you know, don't clunk them in the mouth. Go real slow yeah. and, you know, and, and so it's a nice everything, just like the girth. Yeah. Most people just yank the girth up. Yeah. How about putting the girth on and then tightening it a little bit at a time? So there's lots of little things that I think you're right. Some people, they, they come because they're with horses when they're growing up. Some people have really good intuition and kind of just think about that. But other people, they don't have any idea. They're beginners and they're new or yeah. they've come into horses later in life, which we have a lot of listeners who come into horses later yeah. in life, yeah. you know, after the kids have kind of gone off to yeah. college and they've, oh, you know, I think I want a horse. I live in Ocala. Yeah. But they're starting like from scratch in their 40s. Yeah. And so I think it's really important that people understand, you know, that horsemanship is so important. And yeah. you need this book. Cody, can you put the book up? I, yeah. You could win it. You could win it. All you've got to do is text in what horsemanship really means to you. And it can be whatever your opinion is. It's no right or wrong answer. Are we going to have a way to talk about these and share them sometime? Because that's going to be really fun to Absolutely. go through these answers. You'll have to I'm come really, back. No, I'm really excited to read all these answers. You'll have to come back. Yeah. There you go. I'm yeah. going to give the number one more time. 352-304-1408. 352-304-1408. And Cody probably can put that on the screen for you as well if you're watching right now. Let's talk next about Sinead and the baby. Well, baby's six weeks old. And Sinead rode up until I think probably four weeks, three or four weeks before uh, she had him. And then she was back in the saddle about two weeks after giving birth and she was competing again. It's the baby! <laughs> she was competing again three and a half weeks later. And that picture that's that you can see, that's at Stable View in Aiken. And uh, I mean, he's just, look at that baby. He's just such a cute baby. He's gorgeous. He gets every, his looks from your wife. Does every, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> look at his. Look at how his athletic his arms are, though. And he's I got know, these real strong legs. I know he's very muscular. I see. <laughs> What's his, his name? He, his name is Brooks. Brooks. Brooks Tobin Maynard. I think he's got more hair than me already. I think he does too. Yeah. He's adorable. True. Can you make him full screen, Cody? There. Oh, there. Uh, and there he is. He, look how small he is. He was born six pounds seven ounces. Nice. And he's tiny. He's lovely. So apparently in the first uh, week or so, they lose 10% of their weight, which I didn't know, and then they gain it back. So he must probably be, you know, over seven pounds now. But he's still, I can still walk around the house holding him in one arm. It's really cute. Lovely. If you're not on Facebook Live right now and you're listening on the radio, you can go to Facebook Live at The Horse Talk Show and, um, and you can see this. It's awesome. And actually, even if it's after the fact, you can go back and click it and listen. So talk about your mentors. Who has um, kind of really brought you along that you've sort of followed and been impressed by? Well, the, uh, the two biggest people in my life growing up were my parents. Uh, my mom for dressage and my dad for show jumping. Um, and my wife now is a huge influence. You know, when we first started dating, sometimes it was tough to find the balance about who's, who's teaching who or, or how to talk about stuff. Um, you know, giving lessons to your spouse is obviously can have its challenges, but we've gotten so much better at it now. And like, even in Aiken a couple of weeks ago, it was it was really fun to be there together. Um, you know, in the book, obviously, we I talk about a lot of the people that I learned from, and if we've got that map, oh, the map, it's you. on his shirt. The map is on my shirt and as well. The map, you can see this. The map can be up there. Look at the that. Map, the map is up there. The map is uh, at the front of the book here, just be you know before chapter one. And here, I'll show you so you can see. 
It's got uh, two places in, in, in uh, Germany, Münster and Werder, and that's when I went over there and I stayed with Johann Hinnemann and then Ingrid Klimke. And nice. Ingrid Klimke is obviously the daughter of um, Reiner Klimke, who's so famous. And now she's famous in her own right. She was just at the World Equestrian Games. I think she finished second. I think you're right. And then Frenchtown, New Jersey. I worked for Anne Krasinski for a little while, amazing show jump rider. Nice. Ocala, that's where I was with <laughs> David and Karen O'Connor. Lovely. I uh, went up to, and, and tried to work for Ian Miller for a little while. I met him at Spruce Meadows in Calgary. And then if you look down here, sort of towards the bottom on the left, there's Loving. And that Loving is a, a little place in Texas that I went to, and it's a 7,000. What a great name. Loving, Texas, yeah. And there's a, mm -hmm. it, you know, if you're ever checking it out, there's a county of Loving and a town of Loving. And this is the town of Loving. It's a very small town. I think there's only sort of a post office and a church, and then the rest is just farmlands. And I stayed on a 7,000 acre cattle and buffalo ranch. And I stayed with a the cowboy there. And my goal with all these places I was traveling to was to improve my riding. And when I went there, that was the first time really, I don't think I improved my riding at all. I hope Bruce isn't listening to that right now. <laughs> but it was the first time where I really had a sense that understanding horses is really a very different skill set than being a top rider. And sometimes somebody can have both, but I think often you don't. I think you can have top riders that are competing at a very high level that are riding horses that they didn't train themselves, you know, in an arena. They never have to deal with starting a horse or dealing with any kinds of problems or dealing with any kind of the behavioral or emotional things that horses go through because they're sort of fixed for them. Whereas if you deal with a problem horse, you know, in, in that place in Loving, Texas, we had to catch a horse that didn't want to be caught in a 10-acre field. All of a sudden, you Fine. really got to start to think yes. like a horse, you know what I mean? I started a horse for the first time that I was there. It was probably also the first time where I realized that even if I could never ride a horse for the rest of my life, I would still want to do horses professionally because there's so many things which I enjoy little riddles trying to figure out like you know even something as simple as trailer loading you know trying to figure out why they don't want to get on the trailer once you can figure out why getting them on is almost the easy part but like for example is it they're leaving their friend is it they're scared that the ramp's slippery is it scared that they pulled back once and and they broke the rope or they hit their head are they scared of the squeeze are they scared that it's dark do they not have enough room in front of them is somebody crowding their space are they not good at leading so there's all these all these things and sometimes all it takes is fixing one of them and the horse just walks around on the trailer so it's kind of like you know it's kind of like that tv show uh house you know with, i don't know if you've ever seen that with mm. the doctor or like sherlock holmes and they kind of try to figure out yeah. like all the things and then at the end you you go you just put it together and it's like oh it's so obvious when you know the answer to the right. riddle right so i just get so excited about you know figuring I, it out figuring it out just as much on the ground as in the saddle i love both you know i know it's it's fascinating actually and it goes back to my thinking like a horse yeah definitely You've got to yep. think like a horse there's no doubt now look I want you to brag for a minute. Uh, I saw your list on your bio of all your accomplishments. Yeah. Give us like the top few. They're the big. top few. Well, yeah. the, I would say uh, this year the book is the at book, the top. Obviously, at yes. the top of my big list. And then, uh, you know, I've had a couple of horses that have gone on and done well. I had a horse called Sapphire that went up to the three-star level. And then I had another horse uh, which belongs to Christina Haroni, and I brought a horse called Dutch Times. I brought that horse up to the two-star level. I also took him to the indoor eventing at the Royal, and we won there. Nice. And now that horse is actually with her daughter, Ariel, and I think she's just completed her first advance or her first three-star plantation. So the horse is, you know, I brought it up to that level, and now it's so nice to see them going on with the horse it's amazing fantastic um, yeah I mean 
And that's a huge accomplishment. And what about this? So this, I brought this magazine in here to show you. This is called the Off Track Thoroughbred magazine. Can we show this right here? It's fabulous, yeah. And there's, it comes out quarterly, so four times a year. And they have, let's see if I can find the page. They have a column that I do for them every time. Oh, nice. And it's called Training with Tick. That's what it says at the top. And the idea behind the column is that I'll go out with a top trainer in one of the 10 disciplines that the Thoroughbred Makeover has, and I'll ride with them, and I'll talk to them about their training methods, and I'll talk to them about Thoroughbreds, and I'll write an article about it. So some of the people that I've gotten to ride with doing it are George Morse, nice. uh, David O'Connor. Nice. I got to go with Jenny Brannigan and gallop a horse on the track with Michael Matz. Okay, the Which next is, time you go, you need to let me know, and we'll come with the camera. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and we'll and, make uh, a really good YouTube video. <laughs> and this one here. Can we do the George Morris again? Can we get a We just got to get George? him in Florida. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let's get him back. Let's get him back. <laughs> so this one here was on competitive trail, because that's one of the nice. uh, one of the things. And if we can, I don't know if we can see this picture here, but this is right yeah, out on a lake uh, in Florida, one of the big lakes that we have here nice. in Florida. Beautiful. And we took the horse uh, looking my way that I actually had at the Thoroughbred Makeover this year, and we took him out and practiced some competitive trail actually on some of these real trails. I love that. And the next one that we've got uh, coming up in the next issue is riding in a Liberty Clinic. Liberty is where they train horses, you know, mm -hmm. in a, right. round pens or arenas with no ropes or halters. Yes. And I did a, a Liberty Clinic in England with a trainer called David Lichman. And uh, I just did that this summer in July. And it was you really- the right month to be in England. It was, it was amazing. And I had a sort of a paradigm shift in my thinking about training with him. He uses verbal cues more than any horse trainer I've ever met. And he also uses treats more than any horse trainer I've ever met. I like both. And- uh, If the, you have a good accent, I say flaunt it. <laughs> he, yeah. Talking and treats, it's my, it's my life. <laughs> And the, the, I think it reflects his background a little bit, though, because he worked a lot with uh, people that trained circus animals, and he also worked a lot with people that trained sea mammals, like sea lions and otters and seals and stuff like that. And so it's helped me a lot with the horses, but it's even helped me a lot with my dog. Like, uh, my dog's so much better trained in the last couple of months. That's so it's, good. It's been pretty fun, yeah. Dogmanship. But, <laughs> but treats are a very controversial thing. I know. You know? And I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm one of those horse people who is absolutely not against treats. However, I do think there is moderation in everything. And I think it's about how you use them. My horse has to work for every treat. You're He's exactly 32, right. and he can it's reach a, his tail with his head for a treat at 32, and he has to work for it. He has yeah. to bend and stretch and flex and move and earn it. But giving a treat is it's a skill. Like to yeah. take somebody that doesn't know horse at all and just say, give this horse treats, like they're not really teaching the horse no. themselves and you're maybe setting yourself up to have a nippy horse or a greedy horse right. or get your finger bitten. But if you teach somebody, you know, the timing yes. and when and where and how much yes. to give a treat, all of a sudden it can be, I think, you improve your relationship with your Absolutely. horse. Absolutely. And it's uh, definitely a, a reward-based thing for me. I, yeah. I always make sure that he has to do something for yeah. it. Like it's not just a, yeah. oh, you can just have one, you know. Um, but, but yeah, I have very rare that people laugh their heads off when they see my 32-year-old can reach his tail with his head. I mean, it's like, ah, how does he do that? And it's, uh, it's great for him. It keeps him in shape. So top of the bucket list now. Well, I've got a horse right now that I'm excited about, and his name's Larry. That's his barn name. Larry. Larry. It's a funny name for a horse. Larry. <laughs> and I'm going to try to take him to the jockey club this year. And oh, uh, awesome. my kind of my my dream for this horse would be that if I could get qualified for the Pan American Games Very next nice. summer, but that's coming up pretty quick. I don't have much time, but that's that's sort of my goal. 
the last couple, you know, Pan Am games, I've been, I've had horses, but it never quite worked out. But I did actually go to the 2007 Pan Am games in Rio for Modern Pentathlon. So, Amazing. Yeah, so that was a pretty... Awesome. And we got to do a shout out for the Ocala Jockey Club three-day, uh, yep. international three-day event, November 15th to the 18th which I'm is concerned. an amazing event it is incredible. and I'll hopefully be competing there and my wife will definitely be competing there so it's oh, going to be a family you just yourself under the bus now I'm going to grab you for another interview during that too because <laughs> we'll be there we'll be broadcasting a, and interviewing it's such a great like if anybody wants to watch a three day event that hasn't seen one before it's, it's such a great place to watch because it's you can go to the top of the hill and you can see so it's much amazing. second of the highest course. point in Florida yeah it's fantastic it's gorgeous um, so, the Jockey Club's an awesome event. You'll be there. Your wife will be there. Yeah. Um, somebody will be watching the baby, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. You can you can babysit <laughs> a little bit. I've got a little episode. On you air. can interview yeah, him. Got an, uh, he should be talking by then. Mom? He's very advanced. <laughs> You're right. I've already, he's already planning on he's riding. He's kidding. He's competing. He's going to be competing <laughs> in this event next year. That's right. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I, I love it. It's fabulous. And we have to do a quick shout out for Horse Trailer Pros because they've got the lorry. Well, There's your British banter for the day. Do you know what a lorry is? I've always wanted a lorry. Shane calls it the horse van, but well, I've, horse always, van. I've always wanted a lorry. And in I England, got one we a often call them horse boxes Horse as well. boxes, yes. Yeah, horse so. boxes, lorry. I've always thought they were so cool, and I got one uh, about three years ago, and it was on, uh, needed a little bit of upgrading, so it's in at uh, Matt's working on it. And Matt Talbot, Horse Trailer Pros. He's doing a great job. Awesome. So yeah. I'm excited to get that done, yeah. Fantastic. We'll have to see before and after shots. Yeah, well, we don't have of the lorry. We better get them quick. Yes, then. better yeah. hurry up. Matt, can you take some photos? He usually does yeah, before no, and after, so that's good. good. Anything else you want to add, Tick? No, just thanks for having me. I think this show is amazing, and I'm just pleased to be on it. Thanks. It's fantastic. I love it. I love the book. Someone's going to win one. If you don't win it, you have to buy it. That's just the way it is. If you, you can, watched, you have to buy it. <laughs> you can get it just to pitch the book one more time. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on, it's digital now, so you can get it on Kindle and nice. Nook or iBooks or whatever. Um, Barnes & Noble here in Ocala has it. Fantastic. You're and, like famous. Uh, well, You're a famous chap. Well, we'll see. I'm gonna, like, what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and do an audio book of this where I read it. Nice. But I've never, I was actually hoping to get, um, who's that British guy that does Planet, BBC's Planet Earth? Oh, I know who you're talking about. David Attenborough. I'm I want to get, to get him to read it. If you can't, and I'll I, do it for I you. pitched the publishers that, but they said he was going to be too expensive. <laughs> I'm not that expensive. You no, can you can read it. Yeah, okay, perfect. <laughs> I can do it. People say they like listening to me talk. <laughs> oh, I think it'd be great. <laughs> I don't mind at all. I'm in. <laughs> Tick, I want to thank you so much. Thanks very much and for having me. And thank you to Sinead for lending you out. And I know she's with the horses and the baby and without you. So, but congratulations on the baby, on the book. Your two big Bs this year. The baby and the book. The yeah. baby and the book. Yeah. And um, and good luck at the Jockey Club. I know we'll catch you there for sure. Thank and you very much. You out Thanks for, for another having interview. me. Yes, Tick Maynard. What a pleasure. Uh, incredible. You need the book. Hey guys, this is Louisa Barton. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Horse Talk Show podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and let me know what you thought. Now please go out there and share the podcast.